someday soon enough You will rise up, rise up, yeah Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of It's About Us. I'm your host, Rush Darwish. I hope everyone is doing well, and I hope your family is safe. Um, I know that here in the state of Illinois, things are looking very good when it comes to showing uh, COVID-19 uh, on the low. We are seeing less cases. Uh, we are in better shape than most states uh, in our nation. That's good news. But the way things are looking with the states that opened up early, they are the ones that are on the rise. States like Florida, Texas, North Carolina. These are states that were big and bold. Uh, they opened early, and now we are seeing a huge spike in these different states. And just this past weekend, Donald Trump making a bold move. Prior to the rally on Saturday, he claimed over 100,000 people would be making their way to Tulsa, to be part of his rally. So many people, in fact, that the stadium that holds 19,000 people uh, ended up falling way short. Um, they reported a, approximately 6,200 people. You're looking at the footage here. The outdoor rally was canceled. It was a complete nightmare, a complete bust. Uh, we have a situation where not everyone believes the president. They, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, um, media outlets... No matter what side you're on, whether you're, again, on the Democratic side or the Republican side, we have this belief that COVID-19 is dangerous and that we don't put a political party behind doing what's right for yourself and for your family. Uh, I've been affected by COVID-19, uh, not personally, but people around me who have um, suffered dearly. And um, even though, again, here in Illinois, Things are looking good, but I do believe in hope. I just want to warn everyone to be safe out there. Make sure you wear your mask. Make sure that you do practice social distancing because the way things are trending, that although things in Illinois look good, the reality is we don't know how long that's going to last. Phase four starts on Friday. Restaurants could open public places 50 people and under um, can can be a part of events that are 50 and under. And this is the reality that we are living in right now, in that although the illusion, which is that's exactly what it is, the illusion that things look good, we don't know how long that's going to last. So my friends, please be safe and make sure that you're covering uh, yourself, make sure your family is safe, and still try and quarantine as much as humanly possible. So it's been an ongoing dilemma and I would call it, uh, unfortunately, a crisis here in Chicago. It happened before Lori Lightfoot took over as mayor. It happened before uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker took over as governor. We have a major, major crime problem in our city. Cook County, city of Chicago. It's right now the worst in the nation. This past weekend alone... Over 104 people were shot, 14 fatally. And I hate being the one uh, to have to be the one to, like, read some of the reports. But I'm, I'm reading some of the deaths that took place. The word is senseless. Five children killed total. And 
the question is, when will this stop? Two boys, look, I'm just, I'm just rattling off some names here. Uh, two boys ages 15 and 16 killed at 1218 uh, a.m. This is again over the weekend. These are some of the times that are listed in the Sun-Times. Saturday night, another 13-year-old girl and two other teens were wounded in the Austin area. That's the west side. A girl was inside her home around 8.30 in the 1,000 block of North LeClaire Avenue. Shots were fired, and um, her name was Amaria J. Jones. Another two boys, 15 and 16, sitting on the porch, and one of them noticed a red laser pointing at him and then heard a gunfire. And here's the one that's, uh, that, that's just absolutely it's just absolutely heartbreaking. And uh, it's, a, it's a three-year-old. I mean, every time you think of a, a three-year-old child that um, cannot even defend themselves, uh, it appears that um, they were targeting, targeting the three-year-old's uh, father, and uh, it was a three-year-old that ended up getting shot and killed. I, I don't know what else to say except uh, heartbreaking, tragic, and it, it goes on and on. 23-year-old man struck in the neck, uh, pronounced dead on the scene. This is all over the weekend. 33-year-old man killed Friday night. Even into Monday morning, another death. And this was a 41-year-old uh, at the 3800 block of West Harrison. I wish I can tell you um, we have an overnight solution for this, but that's not how this works. And I think now, more than ever, accountability counts. For far too long, we've had uh, political figures come in, and they use crime as their platform, and they're going to crack down on crime. The thing is, we've heard it time and time again. Just recently, Governor J.B. Pritzker on his Facebook page said that he's going to do something about it. Didn't really get into detail. And with all due respect to, to Governor Pritzker, again, doing a great job overall as a governor. I know people are going to have mixed opinions on that. But I, 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 the challenge has to be on to our governor and to our mayor to act. And I want people's opinion as to how you believe we need to act. Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go way back for you. I think you have two conventional thoughts when it comes to this. When it comes to crime in Chicago, the murder rate in Chicago, 104 people shot over the weekend, 14 killed. This happens time and time again. It's just not one particular weekend. This is truly a pandemic in our city. And it's not about arresting more people. It's not about harsher crimes uh, harsher penalties, excuse me. It's not about longer prison sentences. And that's, for a lot of people, hard to understand. But if you're going to take that step, uh, that step to change the way life is in the inner city, change the way, um, change the way people live, you have to invest in the future. You cannot take the action after the gun, the gunshot, the gun is fired. That, that's, that's where the problem is. You, it's not when somebody pulls a trigger. The work comes before you pull the trigger. And, and that goes back 15, 20 years 
from that time that that teenager, that 19, 20-year-old kid decides to, to take this to take this unbelievably horrific step and to commit that crime. Because we put so much weight on our Chicago police officers to solve these problems, and that's where we got it all wrong. And we're going to talk about that with Mike Casey, who's going to join us in a couple of minutes. We have to do the work years before that moment comes, before that person pulls a trigger. I've been stressing it from day one of this show. It's about us. We have to invest in infrastructure. And I'm not talking $100,000 or $1 million. I'm talking about major government overhaul, major government funding in parts of Chicago, from the schools to jobs to infrastructure, buildings, environmental hazards. We can go on and on. But we have to put an investment forward. And we have to make sure we have better job training for, for kids at the age of 12, 13 years old. We have to make sure there's a path for that child to be able to be able to work at a young age and where they actually are receiving a real living wage. This doesn't mean that you're just going to solve the crime rate overnight. This is a long process. This is a long-term plan. It's the only way we're going to get ourselves out of the jam because that's what it is. And I know a lot of people are critical of police, and we should be, but I don't believe that we have to put it all on our Chicago police officers or any police force to have to solve all these major problems that we have. So yes, the time has come to make sure that our government officials, to stop talking about crime, stop talking about how you're going to take action and do nothing. You have to invest. You're going to have to put money into it. And I do believe that when you put money into it, when you are building something, you will get something in return. You will get less crime because you'll have more people going to school. And if you have a job that's actually worth waking up to, I promise you that person that's making $20, $25 an hour, making $50,000, $60,000 a year, now they have something to wake up to, something that's worth it, something that has insurance and retirement. Again, these are not, these are not situations you can solve in a week or month. You're going to have to work with all the community activists and put together this plan and probably start with, you know, one area and then work your way up to different areas. But that's how we're going to have to do it. And we can't just rely on the Chicago police force to solve all our problems. Okay. And speaking of Chicago police force, it's my pleasure to bring on Mike Casey. Mike was a longtime police officer, a high-ranking official. And he knows the ins and outs of how the police force works. Mike, first of all, do you hear me? Welcome to the show. Mike, are you there? I don't hear you. Well, you know, the thing is, I believe Mike is uh, retired now, and um, he moved to Ireland, to my understanding. But uh, we are having uh, some issues connecting with Mike right now. So we're going to come, we'll try and come back to Mike a little bit later uh, onto the program. Mike, hang on. We'll try and get you. But right now, you're struggling, my friend. So, yes. This is something that's near and dear to me, and what I'm saying is, is not new business. Activists have been screaming this from the mountaintop for many years, for 40, 50, 60 years. But who is going to take that step? You know, it starts with the activist, but it can't be just the activists who are saying this. The people that we elect in office, whether it's in Springfield and Washington, 
they also have to step up. And yes, there are, you're always going to have resistance, folks. But if we're going to start looking at all these people who are passing away, look what we did for COVID-19. And, you know, all the money that we spent for all the lives lost there. Why does it have to be COVID-19? What about, what about these people in Chicago? These are senseless murders that are taking place, and it has to stop. As mentioned, we're going to come back to Mike uh, a little bit later if we can get him on. But I do want to transition and go back to another situation we have in the city of Chicago. And that, of course, is business. You know, we, um, we have seen thousands of businesses that were looted and vandalized, costing business owners uh, millions of dollars. And it's kind of put things in a really bad spot for the city of Chicago, for business owners who are now trying to recover. And, and, and this is also, once again, something that we have to address and we have to take action on. And uh, it's now my pleasure to bring in uh, Melinda Kelly, who is, uh, she's the president of the Chatham Business Association, and she joins us right here on It's About Us. All right, we didn't have much luck with our, our friend Mike. Let's see if we could have some luck with our friend uh, our friend Melinda. Welcome to the program. How are you today? Hi, Chris. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here, and thank you for hosting this very important conversation. Well, thank you very much, and we appreciate it. And I, I want to ask you, what is the status right now when we talk about um, – you know, the city of Chicago, a lot of the businesses, and I know you deal with a lot of businesses in the Chatham area. What are you doing now? And Because here's the deal. The news cycle evolves, and people tend to forget about what just happened literally two weeks ago. So, I mean, what's the step that you're taking right now with a lot of the businesses that you're working with? I think uh, Chatham Business Association probably just like uh, the air air uh, business community, what we're doing, we started before COVID. As you know, when COVID hit us, we were already in need of what I would call a stimulus package in terms of how our businesses were operating. We began, we all began to pivot when COVID came because you had to uh, reassess your technology. You had to reassess your staff. You had to determine how you're gonna diversify your income to continue going no matter what you were doing. So as we were in the middle of trying to evaluate how to train, who to train, who to redevelop, how to pivot, then obviously we were hit with the looting. I can say that one of the things I think about uh, the people in our community, Russians, they're just so resilient. And out of this diversity, there is opportunity. I think what we're gonna have to do is help our businesses focus on what that opportunity is and help them grow in leaps and bounds versus the way we were operating before. Melinda Kelly joins us right here on It's About Us. She's the president of the Chatham Business Association. So what is it out there? Because I have a lot of business owners. I'm a small business owner. And a lot of people are asking, okay, uh, what kind of government, what kind of city help is available? Are there loans that people can take? Or, which again, as a small business owner, I'll be honest with you, Melinda, what I always look for I'm looking for maybe a disaster grant, something. I'm just keeping it real here. If there's a disaster grant available that I don't have to take a loan, $20,000, $30,000 in payback, for the audience that are out there, 
um, who own a small business and they were affected by the looting and the vandalizing, what type of options are out there? Well, I tell you one of the favorite that I think is best for businesses, I really do like the model that the federal government put into place with that PPP loan, where it was to give the money to businesses in a very uh, affordable, I mean, the interest rate is approximately 1%. And they gave you some money to put some sort of flooring under you to get going with the opportunity that you can convert it to a grant at the end of June. So I... Um, you couldn't get that money from a bank under any other circumstances. There's still funding out there. One of the things we're doing at Chatham, and I'm sure you're doing it with your business owners, and we would love to help anyone who we have their ear. Call us and let us help you get that paperwork together, submit it, and get that going. Uh, as you also know, the state has come up with a interruption, uh, business interruption grant as well. And the city just announced a grant I believe it's called together. I'll look it up while we're on the phone. It, I saw the uh, the um, announcement today. So I think it's a few things. It's trying to determine what you want to do in terms of loans, grants, what you're eligible for. Get that paperwork together. Let us help you do that and start submitting and pushing. I know it's never easy to 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 point your finger on this. I I know it's not, but. What's the response you're getting from the small business owners, African-American business owners? What's, what's the approach on this? Because I know that you have some people who are angry. They, they want to they wanna blame somebody. Um, how, what's been the reaction from business owners the last week with dealing with the devastation of, of many people essentially either losing their business or their businesses are closed down? Obviously, it has been very heartbreaking, but I think one of the things we all recognize is that part of this frustration, part of the looting, part of what got us today, or mostly what got us today, is the underrepresentation of those of us at the economic table. And so it is boiling over. We as a nation, we as a city, we as a state are going to have to address that. And uh, this institutionalized discrimination, which is really uh, economic discrimination, Things will have to change. So what's the next step then? If, if there's a, a small business owner right now in the city of Chicago, which let's be honest, it's not just in the Chatham area. It's a city of Chicago as well, but you're, you're yeah. behind him right now. I'm certain the knowledge that you're going to drop right now can apply to a lot of people. Uh, what, what could they do for people who have their businesses closed? Is, is there an action? Is there an, do, we, do they need to get a lawyer? I talked to somebody today, actually, that, you know, their liquor license was taken away uh, and they actually closed their business as well. I mean, is there, who can advocate for these people? Well, I mean, that's why we have the organizations that we have. So I would say start by don't try and do it by yourself. Call Chatham Business Association, call other organizations, other business associations. The first thing is you got to put that you have to put some economic stability back in your business. And it's going to be hard to do that like we used to do, where we would plan for six months and a year and three-year terms. We need to think of increments in two weeks. How do I get from here to there? How do I take advantage of, because I, you know, the employees that you have in place, all of the employees, I don't care if you are a receptionist to uh, a mechanic who changes oil, you should be taking advantage of the free training and increasing your talent skills as much as you can, because as we pivot, 
it is not going to be sufficient enough for uh, maybe the receptionist just to be a receptionist. So the first thing I would say is we got to look at the economy. You have to keep the doors open. You have to look at your employees. And then we got to figure out what is going to be your income. It cannot, it probably cannot just be what it was before. Okay. For people who are listening to you right now, uh, what's the website for people who want to learn more about the Chatham Business Association and some of the services that you offer? I was on your website last night and uh, very impressed with all the different options you have and the different programs that you're running. Uh, what's the website for people who need more information or a phone number for them to call? www.cbaworks.org. Again, uh, give us a call. First of all, let us help you. Don't be overwhelmed. You're not alone. Let us help you start with where you are and where you need to be. Uh, one of the things if you went on the website, uh, technology is very important moving forward. Uh, you are going to have to address that. And that is one of the things in the community that's kind of lagged behind. But now it's an integral part of your business operations. Um, let us work with you uh, to help you decide what your next moves are in the short term and know that we're your coach and behind you. Rush, we're going to have to have larger conversations with banks and other things about making investment in businesses versus just loans. Because to your point, uh, a loan sometimes can be detrimental to you. So we also are going to have to look at uh, internationally. Part of this COVID brought up the fact that the United States is pretty much relying on out other countries. So you know, there were, there's manufacturing opportunities. We're going to have to decide where we're going to go and be very vocal politically and in the economy to change things so that we don't end up back here again. Melinda, you know, I appreciate you. We met briefly at the press conference that we did jointly. And I want to make sure that, you know, I am recording on this program to let you know that I look forward from, from my community, my area. Uh, I look forward to making sure that we continue to work together. We continue to build bridges I think we have to be strength in numbers. And I think um, it, there's a lot of Arab American uh, store owners in that area. And uh, we, we must improve with our relationship, not just uh, in terms of shaking hands and saying what's up, but actually finding uh, you know, common grounds and working together. So thank you, Melinda. We appreciate you so much. I look forward to it. And thank you for having me. Thank you so much. You take care now. All right. Bye -bye. Uh, that was uh, Melinda Kelly, who's uh, the president of the Chatham Business Association. We appreciate her so much. And uh, we thank her so much for her time. I, the most important part of our program here at It's About Us is to make sure that you know, we don't forget about people that we met a week ago or two weeks ago. We have to continue advocating. Nothing is worse than having political officials who are only as good as the media cycle. And at the same time, we can't, just because the media stops covering it, uh, doesn't mean the work ends. So I think it's important that we continue to, again, work with the small businesses, myself, my family, too many friends who had their businesses looted and destroyed. And I think, uh, I, I think we can't forget about them. We have to continue working with them. I just know how, you know, how hard people work in their business to start a, a small business and to lose it all is absolutely tragic. Okay. Never tragic with this gentleman who joins us every week. He's always somewhere strange to the point where, you know, I always get worried. He moves around a lot. 
And uh, let's bring him in. There he is. Mars. Uh, I'm calling you from Mars, brother. What, what the heck? What the heck is going on? What What do you got there? I'm, What's I'm, going I'm, on? I'm calling you from the Mars Cheese Castle. And, and I'm happy to report that Wisconsin is back open for business. Now, at the Mars Cheese Castle, the masks are required for entry. But the castle is here. The kingdom of Wisconsin is ours for the taking. So are, do you actually buy cheese or uh, what do you, I mean, you, you work in that Dude, area. Born, so I, I was born in Wisconsin. It's in my DNA. All right. It, it, it's here. So yeah, I, I buy cheese here and all sorts of stuff. Okay. How are you, my friend? I am, I am doing well. Uh, I think like everyone else, every, every minute Bentley, I think that things are going to be okay. I start to realize that, you know, we have some serious challenges ahead personally and, you know, for the entire world. I'm a little worried. I'm just I am worried. too. I mean, economically, this is going to be a challenging time. The next six months are going to be very, very tough. And and, and the irony of this is my business, the hardware business, Rush, I, I, I'm telling you, by June 19th, we had already done our June plan. That's how busy the hardware. I mean, you probably wow. go to the hardware store and, and stuff's all sold out. You know, it's just so difficult to try to keep the channels uh, in there to get the supply. But, you know, let, let's see what's going to happen in July. Let's see what's going to happen going forward here. It's going to be a tough, tough six months here, I think. Let's let's get into something that I know you're a big fan of. Uh, you sure love you sure love your NASCAR. <laughs> I mean, is, is that fair to say? You're and, not rubbing. You're not racing, brother. No, I, I nah. <laughs> Aren't you a NASCAR guy? I mean, okay, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm, forgive me, maybe I'm stereotyping. You just. It's, it's, you know what? I've been to my share of races. I've been to the Indy 500. Um, I do like NASCAR. I I don't know if you've ever sat in one, but 600 horsepower, you tap that accelerator and you are spinning the tires. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Well, speaking of wild, um, uh, prior to the race this past weekend, somebody left uh, a noose in Bubba Wallace's garage. And, um, you know, the NASCAR had a choice. Uh, it's, a, it's a sport that's known for flying the Confederate flag, catering to, I would say again, mostly, mostly white people. That's their audience. 55 male and up. It's kind of the good old boy sport. And Absolutely. they were they were faced with a real decision. What are your thoughts on what they did? Tell us, tell us, Bentley, what did NASCAR do in response to finding a noose in Bubba Wallace's NASCAR, garage? NASCAR did one of the most meaningful things they could. I mean, and and I, I had a friend tell me who's in the sports industry, said it was probably more meaningful than all of them coming out and taking a knee. And that was when Bubba Wallace came out, you know, they went out to his car before the race, before the engine started. And they all, this is hard for me, man. I'm telling you, it chokes me up. That's how much I love NASCAR. They all got behind that car and they marched that car out and they pushed that car out. And Bubba Wallace got out of that car. Richard Petty, Richard Petty, excuse me, the king king of NASCAR comes up and pats him on the back. And he just breaks down and starts weeping on the on the top of his car. It is it is one of the more emotional things. It is, it is a time of healing, of bonding, of unity. 
it was such a powerful, wonderful, emotional thing um, to watch. I mean, it really was. Uh, God bless NASCAR for doing that. And my God, do we need more of that right now? I, I think you have to compare what NASCAR did, even though the time the timing is much different. Um, we remember with Colin Kaeper- Kaepernick when he took the knee, and it, it led to you know a very polarizing uproar. It split the country. It split the NFL fan base. It wouldn't have shocked me if NASCAR decided to take what I call the the good old USA route. The the, the good old God bless America, make America great again. They could have gone that route, Bentley. And and most people would have understood. They would have said, hey, they don't want to lose money. But everything you just said, what an unbelievable moment. What? It makes really me want. It makes me want to watch NASCAR and be proud of the position they they took. Doesn't it though? Doesn't it though? I mean, all, all of a sudden there are other people that would you would have blown it off as an, a good old boy sport and and never watched it, and now all of a sudden you've got number forty three Bubba Watson, uh, uh, Bubba Wallace, excuse me, who who is uh, you know all of a sudden it's like yeah, you know this is really cool. Now he finished fourteenth in the race, you know, and 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 that that's. That's a good racer. He's a very respectable racer. Absolutely. He's not like a, yeah. Yeah. But, but no Jimmy but, Johnson, I mean, but a very a, a, a top. He's in the NASCAR circuit. So, and he's well known, well liked. Well liked, very well respected, very respectful. Um, and, and, and yeah, NASCAR did the right thing. I, God bless him. We need more of that. I can't wait for more sports to come back. And I also want to say congratulations to Bilal Muhammad. How about that? that? You know what? Muhammad, he, what a what a job! What a he's job! He's gonna have he's gonna have a number behind his name here pretty quick, which is and, great. And yeah, that is fantastic. He really is good. He should have got you know. I mean, if he wants to listen to me, which I'm sure you know, Bilal would would absolutely listen to this fat old white man. Um, he did. He should have gone to the ground earlier. He waited until you know halfway through the third before he, he started taking him down. He had him almost in an RNC, but they were too bloody and too sweaty. He kept slipping off. So I disagree. I disagree with you on that. Bilal Muhammad has become a very good boxer. He, he's an excellent. Uh, he's an excellent striker, and he he's become very good at it. So he went with what what he's more comfortable with now. He's like, don't get me wrong. He's a he's a great uh, you know grappler. He's very good on the ground, but I think he he strives when he is boxing now i mean he he goes toe-to-toe he could take a beating i don't know bentley i i like i like what he did i, I you know what i would like to have seen him try to go to the ground earlier that's all okay let, really let's let's that, stay that, on our friend balad muhammad he's a friend a friend of the family um here's the deal and with balad i find got looted. yeah i you know i spoke with his dad a couple of weeks ago man i'll tell you what you know what he needed uh, he he needed uh, his son to win. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He he needed that. Wow. Um, you know, wow. because he was really down. He was very frustrated about what happened. Uh, right. You know, I'm just pulling up some footage that I, I'm literally on the fly. This is Bilal Muhammad and his fight. Uh, you know, the, the footage isn't great, but I'm just showing some footage. This is Bilal Muhammad and his uh, last fight um, against Lyman Good, who's considered, again, a very respectable fighter. Uh, Bilal and, Muhammad is 31 years old, and... Um, he's not, he's not a lights out super like Conor McGregor striker, but I'll tell you what, he's a grinder. 
and mad, he, he doesn't let up. Respect. He doesn't let up. No, nope. mad respect for him. He lost his father the week before the fight. This is Lyman uh, Good, yes. On, yeah, the fight was on the eve of Father's Day. There was question of whether he was even going to fight it. Um, you know, because of that, he, he stayed with it. He, he did the fight. And then just mad respect between both of those two fighters, which is another reason why I love MMA, that, that the real fighters, the real guys, have that genuine respect for the sport and each other. And, and, and it showed with these two guys, class acts, both of them, incredible respect for both. And, 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 and to wrap it up with Bilal Muhammad, I mean, we watched the fight. This is my opinion. Had he not took him down the last two minutes of the round, I don't know if Bilal Muhammad would have won because Lyman Good rocked him a couple times. He, he got shook. He was yep, seeing some he, birds for a minute. But he managed yep. to the gather himself. Like I said, that's one thing I like about Bilal Muhammad. He he takes a punch. Yep. Got a tough chin. And he's a, the thing is, is that he's a freaking attorney. I mean, he's smarter than and he's funnier. He's a great follow on Twitter too. Love that guy. He's yeah. really good. No, no, we're very proud of him. I, I guess it's fair to say, um, a, a very, very good weekend when it comes to sports. I, I think we yep. could. I think that's fair to say. Are, are you with me on that? Uh, you know what? Bright side in sports. Bright side in sports. That was great. Um, you know, live sports. NASCAR was great. Live sports. You know, let's see the other sports get going. And and by the way, golf, another sport which got going now. Also, you do know that they're leaving the eight, uh, the eight forty-five, right? The eight four eight forty-five tee time open. Um, they they don't do that in honor of uh, George Floyd. All right. And, and, and time. Very nice. Now, I, I got to jump into this, Bentley. I, I want to make sure people know, me and Bentley, we've been we've been around for a while. When we did our show, and we're still doing show, we've been at it now for close to 10 years. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when, we're, when we talk about Colin Kaepernick, he was a villain. Now, now, all of a sudden, you got Commissioner Goodell saying, sign him. Remember, he yeah. was, they were, the NFL... Blackballed Colin Kaepernick for three years, more than three years. Yep. And, and now, now all of a sudden, you got a whole you got a whole other ball game, and they're saying to sign him. What do you it, think I, of that? I want to talk talk about a turn of events. It it'll be interesting, but the one thing I will, whether he gets signed or not, history is going to be very very kind to Colin Kaepernick. He it's gonna he he will be seen. As he was right, and then that's the acknowledgement that everybody has, and and I think he's done some outstanding job, and he's done some outstanding work too with his foundation, and and the amount of money that he's pumped into it, and and putting his money where his mouth is, I, wow, uh, very impressed with what he's doing. Is is he going to be able to be a backup quarterback? I don't know. Um, I I don't know what his skill level is. You can't you can't take two years off from a pro sport like that come back and expect to be at the top of that game. You know, I, I, I'll tell you what, though. I think you're right. He's going to be very rusty, but I, I there's no doubt in my mind he's definitely good enough right now to be at least a backup. You can't oh, yeah. tell me out of the 32 NFL teams that have backup second and third stringers that Colin Kaepernick can't make an NFL team. He was a starter. He was a little shaky prior to him, you know, leaving the league. He wasn't looking yeah. great. But he still was, you know, the Super Bowl season, a, a pro caliber I, candidate under the under the right system. 
Colin Kaepernick can play football. Yeah, yeah. And and I get a kick out of what happened to Drew Brees. Drew Brees, which you bring it back around to what you were talking about, that NASCAR could have gone all America and everything else. Drew Brees tried to go that direction. Oh, dear God. King James even got involved to say, shut up. Well, and, here's and, the deal. I'm going to say something that's going to ruffle some feathers, Bentley. I, I, I think people have got it all wrong when it comes to the American flag. The, the way this comes down, in my opinion, and I know that you're not allowed to say anything politically correct or incorrect, whatever you want to, any way you want to put it. But I think you should have a choice of whether you want to stand for the flag. You should have a choice if you don't. I think you, you have to be respectful for somebody who, who does love the flag for whatever reason that they love it, but you should also respect somebody for the reasons that they don't love the flag. And, and, and I know that doesn't the, sound sexy. But, but, I know it doesn't, but come no, on but, now. But, but, but the issue being, and this is what was brought up, is that it's not really about the flag. True. Right? It's, it's about a, 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 a systematic racism, institutional racism that's out there. And that it's still there. It still exists. We've got to recognize that. We've got to address it. We've got to have that conversation. Until we do, if people want to take a knee, I, I, I'll stand next to you. But I, I totally respect you. You know, with my hand on your shoulder, I totally respect your decision not to. Bentley, my man, we are out of time. You know, we always appreciate you. Um, I know that uh, we are now in the city doing our show. And I know you hang out in Wisconsin a lot. But we... We got to get you in the studio like the good old days. I know you love your cheese. You love your golf. You love your NASCAR. But you got to come to Pilsen we, we, and we be got, part we of the program. I don't want to put you on. Uh, when's that going to be, 2023? I, I, you know what? Let things settle down a little bit here. Like I said, we are going crazy. I, I'm, I'm blessed to be busy, Rush, right now. I know there are a lot of people that aren't. I'm blessed to be busy. I'm very thankful. You know, people support your local retailers. Support your mom and pop ones. They're, they are the fabric of a community. So, you know what? Let's, let's, um, we're we're going to make it through this, buddy. We All really right. are. Bentley, thank you very much. We appreciate my, you. My best to your family. God bless. Enjoy Wisconsin. Enjoy the cheese, my friend. I want to thank everybody for being a part of the program. It means a lot to me that you're a part of this show. It really does. But please be careful. Be safe. I know that um, you have a lot of options out there when it comes to going out and enjoying your summer. But always think about your family first when it comes to COVID-19 and this unbelievable pandemic. Take care. God bless you all.